what a weekend for fights. And I was uplifted today, endorsed by Attack the Back, Raph, our first porn site endorsement. This is amazing. No, they're not a porn site. No, they're they're a jujitsu MMA. Come on. Oh, I get it. I do get it now. I'm sorry. I assumed Attack the Back felt sexual to me. This is why fighting is easier sometimes inside the cage. Uh, I don't take the back very frequently as a, you know, injured jujitsu Terra. So (laughs) that's maybe how I view it. It's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph. Very sweet of Attack the Back to shout us out. Said a must listen. Yeah? I I feel a lot of pressure. Okay. Okay. Why is that? Heat on me now. I got interviewed on the way into my building. Uh oh. Well, it was a homeless guy yelling at me how my day was. I took it as a verbal tab interview in response to the list releasing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I'm prepared for the pressure. I've got a lot of skeletons in my closet. You do. It yeah. is it is part of the reason why you're not running for office and probably yeah. never will. Yeah. Oh, never. I don't even want to be in consideration. Though, Kev, I've always said if you did run for office, we would run on the platform of you are actually the worst and just being like, yo, if you know something bad about Kevin, tweet it into this address because guess what? We're going to run those as ads. Uh, I'll be reading them in two-minute spots. It's going to be uncomfortable, but we think we can win with honesty. So we'll see yep. how it goes. Everyone loves a Kardashian. Uh, vote Phillips. <laughs> you just see Rap doing the uh, War Room documentary. You're Mike Carville <laughs> in the corner, sm- chain smoking. So like, you got to get out reason, there. I've got a thick Louisiana or shitty Southern accent. That's <laughs> like, even well, Kevin, the thing about Kevin is uh, you got to understand. Kevin comes out there and people want to see him. They want to see him smoke joints. And the important part to the American public is they talked about Hillary and Trump never being fully, fully cooperative with uh, being transparent. But here's the thing about Kevin. He is so white. He is transparent. So it just works. Yeah. And I get a lot of forgiveness just because of the blue eyes. People oh, are like, you know, sorry. Don't know your secret. You're the worst. EBI happened. Eight. Yes, you were there. I want to tell you how I felt about it first, because I okay. watched it like a pilgrim online. Okay, <laughs> unbelievable show. They cut out some super fights that they used to have in between, which I told you I thought made sense because they next to Bud Light ads on Fight Pass, just was getting a little less and less younger kid friendly, which you know really did work. I'm not saying it was ever a bad idea. I just enjoyed the format change a little bit. The fights moved quickly and swiftly, and that changes the way fighters fight. It absolutely does. It was amazing. Had a blast. I was, you know, kind of obviously impressed by Gordon Ryan. He's very good. Josh Hayden, clear two. Clear two. That was the match of the whole tournament. That was amazing. What was your overall experience like? You interviewed Gary. That has already been released. Yes. You interviewed their... Uh, I th- he's a gym teacher. <laughs> mm-hmm. He specializes in dodgeball. I don't know much about his background. Dr. Evil Danaher or something? Wow. All right. I never said any of that, so if He's that gets back... He's got a cat. 
I presume that he travels with that's bald and hangs out in his bag over in the uh, Nope. You know, Denner is, is, is like, enchanted by us. Ashikari. So uh, I don't know. I, I will tell you this. For those of you who are listeners of our show, you get the sneak preview, okay? Which is this. Do you know who he's coached, Kev? Like, name somebody famous who John Danaher has coached in MMA. George St. Pierre. Okay. Any connection to our show? Yeah. He's our most frequent guest. It's true. Do you think that perhaps there was a moment where he actually got to meet George St. Pierre? Yeah. You introduced him. I did. To our friend, George Xavier. I'm, I'm not saying that I didn't. Fantastic. Uh, that must have delighted him a lot. I'll tell you this much before you guys see the video. And again, I'm only telling this to our fans because you guys hear it first. When I said I had something, I was like, well, I do a George St. Pierre. He sat back in his chair. Like there was a couch and he was like sitting upright, you know, at the edge of the, the, the couch. And when I told him I had a GSP, he literally sat all the way back into a comfortable coaching position, folded his arms and was like, all right, let's hear it. So that was intense. But you guys can see you that all to be a performer in that moment. Oh, yeah. A performer. Impressive stuff, ref. Yeah. Nice job yeah. not shitting the bed. Well, I mean, you guys, you be the judge of it. I mean, you guys can find out when you see it released later this week. I mean, it's all on you guys. Uh, We can also see videos. Uh, I talked with Josh Hayden, and I want to spend a moment on him in just a second. But, yes, I also interviewed Gordon Ryan. So some of the most notable people there. I thought it was great. (laughs) Shut up. I thought that that event was great, and here is why. Kevin mentioned the change of the format just in terms of taking out the super fights. I think that the kids' super fights were a big aspect of EBI. I think, however, when you see them every single event, it kind of dilutes the specialness of it. So while I do appreciate it, and I think they may try and make a policy shift because if you think about it, them implementing people who were UFC caliber fighters, I mean Liz Carmouche, former contender to the belt. That's awesome. It makes sense because wife. it's a great way of integrating the UFC into Fight Pass. And if I'm just making an estimation, it sounds like it's a vote of confidence for the brand. So there is that. I, when Sec- I saw Liz Carmouche, I was like, what? Awesome. Yeah. Great super fight. And no care. as I, deadly as you could imagine. And she was fighting uh, Mrs. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Correct. Very accomplished jujitsu fighter. Mm-hmm. Those matchups are amazing. Yes. So they basically cut it down to one match, and it was good. I'm worried about this one because this was special for this reason. Yes, three super fights can sometimes drag down a point. Uh, maybe with the kids going the full 10 minutes and then getting overtime, sometimes it gets crazy. Uh, there are a number of things you can look at. The only reason I get a little nervous is because I feel like we got spoiled on this one, and I'll tell you why. The action moved so fast, I didn't even get enough time to write up the results when I was doing the live coverage and trying to get Instagram photos and tell people what was going on. In fact, an entire fight with our good friend, Michael Hillbrand, I was sitting there trying to figure out what was going on and going like, all right, let's get a photo of him and the match is done. Great. Well, shit. 
So between that, you had some really spectacular performances, some star-making performances. Obviously, Gordon Ryan is on another level. We can't talk enough good things about him. I think he's at a place now where he's going to really have some leverage to talk the shit that he wants to talk. Because is there anybody who is doing a better combination of trying to provoke people and being able to back up their results right now, Kevin? No. Although Gary would say he is. But... I mean, here's the thing. Gary is being a little more nice to Gordon. And in the interview I did with him, I asked him about it. I said, you know, you're being a little more inconsistent now. You say one day, Gordon's the worst. I mean, he's just, he's an idiot and I hate him and he's the worst. And then the next day he's putting up a post that's like, I can't wait for King Ryan to destroy everybody at EBI. And you go, oh, okay. Which is it, dude? Tired of the uplifting bullshit. That's right. You hate him or you do not. Those are your options. Figure out your options here. You know what's going on. I do like that he was like, he brought up the meows again. This is his favorite topic to swing back to outside of any Danaher story that's stuck in his head. (laughs) (laughs) Which great callback in the interview. Thank you. Fantastic editing work. Thank you. People that are like, I'm done with the shtick. Shut up. Yeah, I know. Editing. (laughs) I also like the idea that Gary, maybe Gary one day is going to like just forget so many things or he's hit the mat so many times with his head that he's going to suffer from his own memento version, like a jiu-jitsu memento. (laughs) Been there. Um, But anyway, so let's talk for a second. Uh, Gordon Ryan, we have a great interview with him. There's lots to say. We'll get to the actual matches in a second, but let's talk about a star making performance. I feel like every single time we have an EBI. There's always a favorite. and tend to be somebody in the Danaher death squad. Call a spade a spade. It is what it is. Tend to be, no. But there's always a slot that seems to capture everybody's hearts, imaginations, awe, shock, all of those things. I thought last time it was Bill the Grill Cooper, you know, who had a great comeback story, took it all the way to the end, unfortunately succumbed to Eddie Wolverine Cummings but had a fantastic performance that really got the audience behind him. This time, I argue, that human being, and it was it was kind of a close contest, but I think you could make the case he, he stole the show, Josh Hayden. And Kevin, why do you think he made such an impression? He almost submitted Gordon Ryan, and he is the only one that didn't get run through. It, it genuinely, I had questions as I was watching him fight. It was like, does he train? with these guys it was unbelievable the level of confidence he exchanged leg and foot and knee and even arm and back attempt attacks with gordon ryan i was uh these two have fought before which i really enjoyed them talking about them as purple belts which is like a great it's great (laughs) i do that's that's my nightmare rap people go right back into the past we already talked about this i was impressed as hell and I think Hayden, I he if he had been on the other side of the bracket, like that was the championship. When yeah. we look back at that, it was such an amazing and intricate and difficult match, and I was really impressed by him. I thought he was unbelievable. The top control. You see all that? Yeah. He was so impressive throughout the evening. And, I, I, you know, when I watch people like ah. him, I take notes and I say, I want to interview them. I want to, if I can get the opportunity. And I was trying to seek him out toward the end. Unfortunately, he, he granted us an interview. And Kev, you know, when people are that good at jiu-jitsu, you don't know what they're like. You don't know if they're going to be nice or great or mean crazy. or whatever. It could be crazy. Awesome. It could be, crazy. It could be yeah. bad crazy. 
to be loud, quiet, crazy. Super approachable. Went up to him and said, hey, man, uh, do you mind doing an interview? And it was like, yeah, dude. I was like, well, okay, cool. Do you do you understand that we may be doing this kind of joking-wise, so if I make fun of you, don't kill me? And he's just <laughs> laughing the whole time. And I go, you know the nice part about this is uh, Josh and his brother Jason, just super nice. Both super good at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But just really, really nice. And I I couldn't – like at a certain point, he made a reference to how he drinks soda and – I looked at him and I go, oh, you're a fat kid too. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Come on, man. Just great sense of humor. Good human being. Um, I will tell you guys this now. We can go ahead and reveal it. Um, look out for Josh to be on a future episode of the podcast in addition to our um, we have nice little interview. Because, to uh, Kev, I may have relayed some messages from you to him. Fantastic. I texted you. After his first fight, it was like there ha- a crush has been established. Like, it was after the quarters. And so what was my response? You, I, I, that was all I said. I didn't <laughs> indicate who it was. And Raptors responded, "I already know." <laughs> it, was, it was great. I just uh, that was it, I was awestruck by the jujitsu I saw and talk about someone. Again, you mentioned this in your article you wrote about the submission-only format. Talk about someone I kind of want to see in submission-only format. I want to see that guy. Good luck finishing him. I mean, that he doesn't look like he lets his back get taken by giants very often, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what the EBI rule set. It's one of the flaws and the successes. They put you in those bad positions in the end. Unbelievable fight. It was great. Absolutely. Confusing. So, so good. Fuck. Also... It's just a really cool thing to see. Doing what were their legs doing at times? Daunting. Yeah, did I say that right? Uh, well, I mean, you said it right for you, so I feel like that's good. I also want to talk real quick uh, about the fact that we had a great match. I mean, Kyle Chambers made a great name for himself. It looked super powerful throughout, and that, my God, just Kyle. Uh, I'm so sorry. Kyle Griffin, thank you. Uh, it took me a second here. Kyle Griffin made a huge name for himself, super powerful throughout. And that semifinal match between him and Felipe uh, Fagolin. Yeah. I have questions. Okay, go ahead. How's his arm now broken? Uh, I, who's to say it's not? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that might explain the finals match. Might. Let's <sighs> it quickly. Well, I mean, it was a heel hook, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, how did anybody survive? Because I thought Kyle Griffin's armbar in overtime on Philippe was also pretty harmful because when he looked yeah. at it right after it, he was just like, he was clutching his arm, and you're just like, these are big he, guys. He was. He he did look injured. Philippe, and then, definitely. I thought he was... He might say like, "Yo, I can't do this." I get, kind of we all sort of okay. You saw that too. I wasn't sure if we mm-hmm. it was we could see his face and you could see, but it looked like there was a flash of "I'm done," and he didn't. Then he well, after, then he like, preserved on, and then he basically did a warrior yell scream into continuing to In get an armor, fame. which it looked like he was able to do. Like he looked like he had it pretty extended, and it looked. As I started to try and get a better visual of it, because you know I couldn't look at it because uh, 
um, when it kept getting closer to the, the camera angles, all I could think was, oh my God, he's just cutting that angle just okay. But that's on the brink. That's, that's not good. That's a powerful dude literally bending your arm. And uh, he survived the, the time. But yeah. Jamming it in an opposite direction it's meant to go. Like someone taking two hammers and punching in different directions, bending. It's like the really polite jujitsu way to say it. <laughs> it's a, screaming like a wild person while trying to break it clean off your body. Uh, I thought it was also but, interesting, if we're talking about overtime rules, how it looked like this time they were doing something, and I don't know if they had done it before. I'm forgetting, so if our listeners want to go ahead and chime in, that's fine. It looked like they were stopping. They were stopping the... Uh, overtime when the first person's time had already been exceeded. So let's say they make it the three rounds. They go all the way through all of the three overtimes. When the second person get, went in the third overtime, if they had failed to meet the escape time, they would blow the horn to indicate like, okay, we've already done this. And I think they were doing that as to maybe prevent people from getting unnecessarily killed. So from a suspense angle, it's kind of like, well, I think I know who wins. But on the other side, you kind of think for the athletes, yeah, let's not kill them. No, Rep, I think this, let's press it. All let's right. do some jumping right. jacks. Maybe well, one of those big mouse wheels on the side. That'd be awesome. And the warm-up they things. immediately get into Can you imagine the mouse. memes when they cut over to Gordon, like jogging slowly, confused by it at first, and then totally gets it. Well, guys, you both exceeded your uh, overall times allotted for the overtime. Now get into the hamster wheel and wheel yourself Dude. all the way up. First person who makes it to the end of the Coliseum can leave. Oh, they're not mixing enough exercise tasks with jujitsu. We're going to have to talk to some people. Well, we'll get right on the CrossFit games. Yeah. But here's what I'll say. Overall impressions of EBI. Yeah, the interviews were great. Matches were great. The thing that really made it fly was the athletes have to deliver. There's a lot of talk on if this is the best rule set, but I will make a compelling argument on RafaSparza.com this week that says the following, and I believe it to be true. EBI is appointment grappling. It is the premier event that's going on right now. And if you have qualms about small things, I mean, not everybody is in love with every aspect of it, and you don't need to be. Small things like Gary's penis. Ching. Wow. Uh, <laughs> however, it, it's hard to make an argument that there's something that's going on that's better than this right now because just in terms of a, a grappling invitational, I don't see anything coming close to it right now. And it's providing people something that's easy to understand. You've got a lot of people bitching about points and how it's not real and all this other shit and yeah, I still have issues with the overtimes in terms of a sense of, yeah, you know, I don't know that I think somebody's better at jiu-jitsu because they escape something faster from spider web. But for the purpose of trying to get us through a night in a record amount of time that's, you know, respectful to sub only and actually pretty entertaining, this is doing a damn good job. So consider us impressed. That was, I, Kev is telling Kev, I think that was top three, one of their top three of all time that they've put together. And uh, they're putting together their ninth version, which enters Keenan Cornelius. And at first, it said that there's going to be a new champion crown. Now, Kev, 
they were talking about Gordon going up weight. Can a new champion be crowned if Gordon comes back in? I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know that they knew that either. I don't know. I mean, again, Danaher will speak a little bit about that in the video that I put out later this week. But it's interesting to see that this is what's happening now. This is the the way we're watching fights go down is maybe they threw their hat into consideration now that Gordon's done all this sort of stuff. But I'm intrigued to see where this goes. And I find that on November 6th, EBI 9, I, I really am excited to see Keenan Cornelius in this format. And a lot of you guys have questions on if, let's say, Gordon does re-enter that competition. Does something change? Because apparently to a number of you, if you were watching that fight accurately, you would know that Keenan dominated in every position. Positionally, he dominated despite losing a submission only thing. So for those of us who are real fans and don't really care and just want to see jujitsu, that's a great thing to see. But for those of you who are really, really bitching about the positional versus sub only and, you know, no time limit sort of shit. I mean, it's still going to be fascinating either way. So we're fans of both of those guys, and I cannot wait to see what that looks like if that is the case. And worst case scenario, it's just Keenan versus the world. <laughs> and can somebody beat Keenan? I don't know. So many questions. Anyway, article coming later. We've talked about EBA. It's time to flesh out some UFC 203 things. Uh, somebody fought. I don't remember who. We're going to talk about Hey everybody, so here's the thing. I didn't exactly watch all the pay-per-view. I watched as much as I could. No, Keep no, it's right. not time. No, yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not doing it. God damn it. it First of all, okay, shut that off. Reason being, we don't have the music clearance rights for that. So if this podcast goes into the archives very quickly, you'll know why. Ladies and gents, here's what happened. I was at a bachelor party. I didn't get the opportunity to see a ton of fights. I did order them. However, I was also a little drunk. So, oh, and for those that don't know Raph, but have been listening, they know this about Raph. Not a partier. Doesn't look loose very often. Stays that's balled not, up and uh, stressed. No, that's not, not very true. Easy, I, easy. Doesn't sleep. Seen, plugs in at easy. night. Writes. Just does this like he shuts his eyes, but he keeps writing. Then he gets up five in the morning, goes to jiu-jitsu, powers through some more writing. Here's what you have to say. Compared to Kevin, uh, yeah, I guess maybe that's true. Uh, But compared to most people, I drink just fine. But the problem is when you're drinking with all of the people who you've grown up with for 30 years, there's not really an in-between. There's not like a, a middle ground that you're at of staying somewhat sober. So, yeah, I'm drinking. Now, I could tell... That while I was sober enough to see what was going on, when somebody asked me if uh, Jessica Andrade uh, had won her fight, I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. I think Calderwood won. That was not the case. But, you know, I told people with utter confidence. I was like, yeah, Calderwood totally won. <laughs> However, the rest of the fights, I was very much uh, at least, you know, with it and on. That's the beautiful part about uh, partying during a bachelor party is you, you kind of come in and out of it. Yeah. So. Points Came to back you for making an effort. Thank you. For real. And, 
And I'll explain a little bit as to how that all came down. Anyway, missing points to the bachelor party for not choosing a place that was fight. Uh, you know, well, see, that's not true either. Because here's the thing: fight accessible. It's not my bachelor party, so it's not my place to like tell someone, "Hey, look, I want to watch this fight." I allowed the people if they wanted to. I was like, "Hey, everybody's talking about CM Punk. I just happen to have it on my phone." Anybody? And everybody circled around. Okay, I'm just razzing. I'm just razzing I, your your old cronies. That's fine. I just I, I'll explain a little bit as to how that came together. But hey, why don't we go ahead and introduce the person you heard on the other part of this microphone laughing very quickly, and that would be the co-host of Heel Section, my other podcast co-host, one Mr. Mike Stallings. Mike, how are you doing? I'm good. Mike, I swear to God, I will cut you fucking off. Ugh. Right back to my, right back to the childhood, man. I'm telling you, I changed it. Nobody cares. The reason why is because <laughs> if you play it like that, we have to pay this thing called royalties. Now you may notice this thing: we have no money. Oh, on either of these podcasts, you're not a lawyer. Stop worrying about that. If you build it. Say it. Yeah. Somebody. Anybody? No, because that's not They'll fucking true. Build, if you build it, yeah. they can still sue you for copyright infringement. Uh, it's fair. Hey, Mikey, that if is you really... build it, it still won't stand up in a court of law. I don't know. What were you thinking as the hey, end Mikey. of that? <laughs> All right. So, Mikey, you uh, this is one of your first big UFC experiences with some wager to it. Uh, did that taint the experience for you at all? Were you stressed out over the weekend? A little bit. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, I devolved just as like a man today. Absolutely. I wasn't worried about watching jujitsu. I was kind of fascinated with getting into an UFC event for once. Now, but yeah, I wanted to prove them wrong. I mean, I well, think, we're going to get there, but let's, let's not, you know, let we'll off of that one yet. Yeah, you really. went to go watch it at a casino. How <laughs> is that experience like for you when you're watching things at a casino? It was different, absolutely. I deemed it as I wanted to go see what Team Affliction was up to, sure. more or less. I took it as a cultural experience. It was mellow. There wasn't, you know, it was just kind of in this showroom with about 150 seats, maybe. Mm. They had a ring girl, though, which I thought was kind of interesting. I really wanted to know what, what went on in her life, for real. Like, if she told people, like, if she tweeted out, that's what she was doing. Like, come see me. I'm going to be the ring girl at the Sunset Station UFC. Well, think about it, though. That's got to be a great moment to tell them. I've made it to ring girl status and just hope that nobody cares enough to ask you where you ring girl. Maybe they just assume you're the octagon girl and you're like, um, yes, I'm a a ring girl. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I have a clear stance on this. I'm upset there are no ring boys. It's bullshit and it's sexist. Let's expand the viewer enjoyment. That's just my stance. Equal opportunity, Kevin. Well said. All right. So now that I have vague recollections of a number of fights, I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys a bunch of questions. Um, I feel like we should start with the very, very top. Hmm. Um, I don't even think the main fights... You know, you've got Stipe and you've got an Alistar Overeem and that fight was just so odd. Mike, tell me what your thoughts were on that particular fight. It was like a weird ride. 
Yeah, it was weird. I really thought I picked over him. I thought he looked good at first, but that whole running away thing, and he got really knocked out, man. It just kind of, you kind of felt it shift. And it was, yeah, it was a really weird thing. That was the main event. And I don't know, did it suffer from any air being sucked out of the room? I don't know. I think they kind of, the crowd got jacked for it. But well, I don't yeah, think the crowd was ever going to be jacked for it for two reasons. Uh, number one, I mean, want mop in terms of fight. And number two, Ohio. Kev, yeah, walk me through the fight because apparently, and again, I worked this one without the aid of commentary. So I didn't know what people were saying in the post-fight interview. Like, was there a phantom tap, Kevin? No, and I'm ready to go full Ohio on this, Raph. Not since LeBron James and Kyrie were down 3-1 have I seen a moment of struggle like I saw when Stipe got knocked down the first time. Mm -hmm. And yet still, in that spirit of Ohio, despite sucking to such a maximum level, thought, nope, I can get back, rises up. This is obviously a metaphor because the real state of Ohio never followed suit. But Stipe then continues that momentum into some pretty good knockout power-ish punches that connect. Alistar throws in a really close guillotine attempt that he muscled out, but never quite had. And the referee never stopped him. And if you're gonna, you know, choke out the champ, you gotta wait for a referee stoppage. That's how this works. Like, the fight's not over until the referee stops. They're pretty good at it. So let's discuss. There's kind of a weird scramble at some point. no tap. You've got uh, Alistar making a Russian on Stipe. Yeah. Stipe basically takes a you know, his head. Great, like short change for that. So all of a sudden you see there and uh, you see uh, Alistar trying to close up this guillotine. I later heard somebody say, and I don't know how drunk or inebriated I was at this point, but somebody saying, man, when he puts on that guillotine, somebody like Alistar puts on that guillotine, you normally go out. And we're like, do you? <laughs> is that I don't I don't know that for sure. I mean maybe maybe me, Rest but I don't like, I'm tough to guillotine. I don't I think I Not even that. It. I'm just thinking like I think we've attributed more of his wins to steroids than any kind of guillotine. So uh, if you say so, yeah. The needles. Uh, yes. Mike, from your perspective and I I I enjoy this. Did you think Stipe had gotten knocked out in those for in that first minute? Do you think you did you think no. he was down? No. Okay. No, he looked like he was fighting through it, like you said. I thought so, too, but I was curious because there was even a moment where, honestly, they showed it replay very quickly, which was awesome. Uh, But at first it was like, holy shit. And the whole fight was four minutes and 30 seconds of, like, giants running into each other. There was no moment where they weren't clashed. And, Raph, I'd like to give Alistar Overeem a compliment. And, Mike, as a pro wrestling fan, this is going to really cross over. <laughs> no one gets knocked out like Alistar Overeem. Like, the way his head drops, he's good at it, right? Yeah, he got, he got real knocked out. Yeah, he got bang up against him three times up against the mat. Yeah. <laughs> he did get hit a few he sells it. He would, it's a great sound in the game. They call it selling. <laughs> he, sells it very he sells it. Not everyone gets knocked out so seriously. Forrest Griffin no. was great. Alistar's got a real great knockout face. Like he just goes completely would, asleep. Would you call that when um when he just got checked in the chin and fell down a real serious knockout? <laughs> Forrest Griffin? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Well, you talk about this run around the cage, and I, I think that was important uh, to note because time. it inspired. <laughs> well, it inspired a certain amount of memes, uh, a few of which, uh, you know, people really had a field day of it. One of which was uh, when you have Overeem running away to Stipe trying to chase him. And I think there was one meme that just said, when you finally get the courage to hit your brother in the face, but don't have enough power to walk him or knock him out. Big brother. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. I also saw the one where they photoshopped Overeem behind Hussein Bolt. That was, yeah. that was a great one. Whoever did that. Some fantastic meme work done by all. Yeah, Overeem has got to stay beefed up enough to be great. So can we talk about what happened after? And Raph, I don't, you probably couldn't hear it in real time. Well, let me ask you something back to the running away. I don't mean to cut you off. Is, it. Why is it different when McGregor does it? Is it because Overeem just looks sillier doing it? Because he's a heavyweight? or Well, no. I think the, the main difference between the two. Granted, I mean, we like to have fun with McGregor, but he was using it to just catch his breath, and Diaz didn't necessarily push forward at the time. In the other case, you had somebody in Alistair Overeem kind of get dazed into La La Land after a punch and then was running to try to figure out what the fuck to do. Like, uh-oh, I'm going to get knocked out if I don't keep – oh, shit, this ride's going to end if I just stop at any given time. So I think he figured he's like, dude, he had that kind of run that's like that Hanna-Barbera 1960s run for a cartoon where he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. And then you just imagine that he's probably going to die. So, yeah, it's a little bit that he looks funnier. I also it's that I also attribute a little bit to results, like who wins the fight. So I think if McGregor loses that fight, they point to him running away as like a bad thing. But because he won via decisions like oh, strategy. Fair enough. Overeem got knocked out. He got knocked the fuck out after after running away. <laughs> Pretty seriously got got KO'd. Because we seriously talk about the way. fact of getting knocked out on your feet, which is a real thing. So it, it is something that I was considering as he was running around. And there's nothing funnier than watching a whole bunch of drunk people watch someone who looks more out of it than they are <laughs> run around an octagon. So... Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, the reason why I ask about this whole, you know, knockout, runaway, uh, look like Big Brother was getting uh, chased by Little Brother kind of a thing is Joe Rogan was asking for a very particular thing after they did the replay that showed there was no tap. Kevin, did you hear what this was? Yes, he doesn't. And I enjoy this from an overall sports perspective because this is where we're headed. We're more conscientious of athletes health he suggested that he no longer wants the ufc to have him interview fighters after they've been knocked out in the cage fair because in this particular instance he questioned alistar overeem and it was the worst i told i texted you something was like this is the worst crime show i've ever seen <laughs> Alistair Overeem just got knocked out. He woke up, was like, I'm disappointed, but he tapped. It was like, he what? <laughs> ref didn't stop the fight. Even if he tapped right on your arm, ref doesn't stop the fight. You don't release the choke. And we know you, Overeem. We've heard about you as a training partner. We know how you are. You go. I just knew that it when was I was, was watching weird. it, and I just thought to myself, he's not going to finish this guillotine. Like, you could see... Stevie was already doing the right thing to start getting that cross side where you're just going to make it way out. And I was like, oh, that sucks. He's putting a lot of 
emphasis or a lot of hope into that guillotine, and it looks like he is already making his way out very quickly. So that was a tough day, I think, at the office for them. All right, so there's that fight. Then let's talk about this other fight. I do because think they should stop doing that, by the way, <laughs> Raph. Let's, uh, I'm intrigued by it. If they get knocked out so hard they have to be woken up twice, let's start there. Let's start I'm not, with- I'm not saying you're wrong. But I'm just maybe fleshing it out a little bit further than most people, which would be, yeah, okay. You know what's really uh, fun to watch? Someone who's kind of out of it make the case that they lo- like they want to fight when they got knocked out. It's fun, but when it's someone gets knocked out and they're not quite <laughs> as with it, just watch how batshit crazy they go <laughs> when you don't give them the opportunity to talk and yeah. they feel like something has gone wrong with them. Yeah. So. Two sides to every argument. Talk to their people. coach because, and I know I'm crazy. I think five minutes should go by where you're awake before you're allowed to talk on national television. We still have issues with people who win and talk right afterwards. That's fine. They're awake. There's adrenaline. They want. No, they got furious. They throw. They throw a fit ten minutes after, like an NBA post press conference. They'd be yeah, just thinking about it. Mm-mm. They need it on the spot, that dumb dad. Why don't they just interview each other after it? That'd be awesome. One day. Give them time. Some of them have tried. Remember? <laughs> Somebody tried. Somebody took the mic. I'm just glad that Joe Rogan had the, like, you know, he had enough. He's just like, dude, no, I'm not. I can't do this anymore. It's too, it's too cruel. It's too inhumane. He, well, he didn't have to cross-ex him so hard either. They could have... And I would like to make this argument before we move on. They could have not done what they did, which is grill him about it. They could have been like, ah, okay. Uh, where do you see yourself going from here? <laughs> like, they could have easily done that. And if he kept pivoting back, sure. But it was like they had it loaded. They were so ready when he goes, you know, uh, he tapped. It was like, did he? And you could see he went. Joe did that thing where he squints, which means he's listening to whoever's talking in his ear. Mm. No, that means the edibles just kicked in. Anytime I see <laughs> Joe Rogan, I just think, oh, the edibles just kicked in. The he's edibles so... kicked in hours before this moment. <laughs> and they that. continued him on well after this moment. He was scrunching and listening. Rap, you know what I'm talking about when he does that. Like, I'm definitely listening to the interview and the person telling me to ask this. They immediately went to footage and did it like play by play about. So where's the tap, Alistar? He's like, I, I thought I thought I felt it was just like sadness. No, you know what? I'm I'm starting to come out of it. I saw Joe Rogan's point, and the more I'm starting to think about it, mm-mm, I want full interview with these people. I don't care how hard it is for Joe. That's what he gets paid <laughs> the big bucks for. I want to see him make people struggle to You're figure out like, a little bit. I don't, no, I don't want the drill. That's just mean. I don't need to see the physical repercussions of this. I just need them to be like, where's the tap, Dick? Where is it? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Hey, hey, Frank in the booth. Can we go and actually uh, zoom in on that? Yep, no tap, you fucking Worst idiot. game show ever. Oh, I would Worst. love it. I would host the fuck out of that. All right, Worst let's pivot to the other have. fights because I think that one was pretty cut and dry. What wasn't cut and dry, and Mike, maybe explain what you thought about the aftermath between Verdum and Travis Brown's team. That was great. What was more? There needs to be more of that. Oh, why? Why is that? That's bad sportsmanship. You've got 
a, a coach to mm-hmm. someone who has lost a decision fight, who's talking shit before they even announced the end result to the fight. Okay, so why is that okay during like press conferences when it breaks down? Why is it okay in boxing? You love that shit in boxing when it breaks down like that. And the corners just go haywire. I don't particularly love it. I'm just intrigued by it. And I like watching people. It wasn't even nothing. He just checked him real quick. He just with the shin kick. You know what I mean? It was nothing. Just checked him back to his corner. What are you going to do? If somebody's coming at you like that, what are you going to do? Just going to let him. Just going to sit there? He's a trained killer. Motions just kick in. It's just instincts kick in. Kevin, do you know the exact reason as to why this happened, though? The actual kick? Yes. I I really, I know that they were spatting back and forth. I don't know if something specific was said. Oh, Kev. Something specific was said. Well, they later talked with Verdum, and they were asking him some notes. And uh, I want to bring up in in a second why it was a little uh, hard for me to really uh, understand what was going on because, again, no sound. Sure. So we were just kind of like, whatever. (laughs) But... Um, there was a particular moment where he does the, the like front kick to kind of keep his distance. They then announce the end of the fight. And you know that they're going to talk about that more than anything else that happened in the entire fight. And yet later on, Verdum said that apparently Edmund was saying shit about his mom. And that's what it boiled down to. So Edmund was talking tons of shit. But I think the line crossing was, what'd you say about my mom? They're going to bring her out, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh Don't God. know what they talk about my mama. Like, it turned Wait. into that 90s, like, critical turning point in any teen film when you needed to really turn up the angst is you talk shit about the mom. That so is Kevin, real, by the way. You're going to get leg checked if you talk shit on the mom. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. These are heavyweights. <laughs> Plus, at this point, like, why not? Like, the fight I thought was really weird. It was so you started boring off, and weird. It was yeah. the weirdest fight I've seen in a really long time. Okay, Mike, what were why? your thoughts on the jumping flying kick? Because it looked like something straight out of Mortal Kombat. Yes, no? Absolutely. Just blowing your special move right off the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you got to work up to that. Most, like, new fighting games, you have to, like, build up your gauge. Dude like some cheat code and just went for it but no that was spectacular and he precision like just out of the get like you know you can only dream of shit like that it was cool to see but yeah man that was pretty much it no how surprised are you that didn't knock travis brown out none that would have killed me i'd be dead right now yeah but eight out of ten grown men Okay, be in the hospital. I'll tell you, no, I'll tell you a funny story. Taco Bell out of a blender for the next three weeks. This is the extent of that. So I was listening to our former friend Joe Rogan mention <laughs> talking to TJ Dillashaw about head kicks. I was like, I wonder if I could kick somebody in the head. So I was in the living room listening to the podcast, and I swung my foot, and I was like, No, I can get it higher than that. Maybe if I lean back, and when I lean back. Or just swing my foot and my my last three toes clipped the edge of my table. It's like a chest right on the corner. And I went down like a gunshot, like immediately. I think I broke my middle toe 
I went and played poker today. I was lamping around. I think I heard it clicking. So, yeah, I would probably get knocked the fuck out, too. I think I just retired from MMA today because of my table. Kev? We've all been there. Lost a piece of furniture to a good kick try. <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks. You know, there's, there's a little technique involved, and there's a thing called hip dexterity that you have to work towards. I guess so. Jesus. But, you know, getting drunk and watching the UFC is a great start. I'm in. That's how most Harry Connick Jr. movies would go, right, Raph? Is that... I'm not sure. Not a big fan of him. I will tell you this, though. Uh, and Mike, maybe you'll understand this a little bit better. Yeah, I've never, like, front-kicked something or, like, axe-kicked to see where I could hit on a wall. But you know what I have done, Mike? The sharpshooter? Oh, I mean, I do that all the time. It's legendary. I'm legendary. It's fine. It's one thing. But I have actually super-kicked a wall with a buddy to see where you would connect on a person because you don't want to hit a person with a super kick. It's too deadly. Although not anymore. It's diluted. But we had done that because I was like, Oh, I never do kicks. Like I did soccer, but I never really cared where I could kick. And somebody's like, where can you super kick? Do you think you could super kick this person? I was like, I don't know. I got to find out now. Granted, I was super drunk then. And no, it wasn't this weekend though. It feels like it might've been, but yes, so Mike, I, I do understand from a certain point. Uh, you were telling me off air that you were going to retire from MMA. I like just that said was that too. Yeah, that's it. But you told me I was out on top. You are. You're going out on top. You technically weren't really knocked out. You got back up. You stood up for the count. And, you know, I can't say that tabletop really did. So It kind of took me down. I think I lost to the table. <laughs> you lost to the table. You Absolutely. definitely did. Yeah, if you didn't see the referee come in and give it a three count, I can speak for tables immediately. All right. We started All right. a thread. I, I don't Tables know what else Mike. to say about this fight other than, Kev, explain to me what you thought about the eye poke. Uh, ow. Fuck. God. Oh, the close-up image of that hurt, by the way. Don't share that. Uh, warn your friends. God, he is he's knuckle deep in that baby. A lot of knuckle problems in this, Raph, actually, in retrospect. I am going to say this. I believe Travis Brown lost this fight in the first round when he tapped. Okay. The name of this show is what? Verbal Tap. Oh, thank God. I had a moment where I forgot it the other day. I just wanted to double check on Aaron. Yeah. What is stopping the fight to ask the referee to check your hand because it hurts? Owie. Everybody knows that Owie is one of the ways to stop <laughs> oh, the fight momentarily. No, no, that's not a rule. That's just a thing for when you were a child. There, There is no timeout once the bell rings. To be fair, Kevin, when you and I train, there are many a timeouts taken. There are many ouchy fights. timeouts. That's not a real fight. That's <laughs> two that people different than trying the, something. This that different than the ouchy in the, in the eye then. Very different. I don't believe the ouchie in the eye was intentional. I believe stopping, running after the referee and saying, uh, my finger (laughs) ends the fight. Fight's over. It broke. I'm broke. I went down to a t- I went down to a table. I broke my little toe. I completely understand where the guy's coming from. <laughs> Flip back As out of your a veteran. singular fight. 
let alone having somebody <laughs> wanting to murder me completely after it, having to deal with that. Am I wrong, Raf? Kev, Mike no. is siding yeah. with his table, so he's all on board. He's like, yeah, referee, stop it. Sure, why not? You know, Mike's come with some head injuries from his fall, um, so we're we're going to make sure he's okay. I think, yeah, the main difference is if somebody pokes me in the eye, I might get a little perturbed. If you guys get the opportunity, go listen to Edmund, uh, the coach who uh, Verdum front kicked of Hoppe Browns, and to hear him in between the rounds giving a motivational speech. I won't do the full justice, but like, you know, Edmund normally, when he talks, he's talking like this, my friend, kind of a thing, uh, very, you know, this guy. In between the rounds, he was so worked up and his voice was so gone that, and I kid you not, Kev, this is kind of how he sounded. <clears throat> Come on! You gotta get in there! You gotta do this! You can do this! You can! And I was like, is he like a wheezy toy at this point? And so it's People so weird to have him. somebody so intensely telling you, you can do this! Uh, so to the point where I encourage you all to go listen to that, uh, Edmund's motivational speeches, uh, they've been very effective and by very effective, I mean, not at all for any of the fighters he's coached in the past two years. Anyway, Kev, should we get to it? Absolutely. Okay. I'm not even going to talk. Kev, you are not allowed to talk for the next five minutes. Mm. This is bullshit, but. Okay. No, let him talk. No, he he should not be allowed to talk. Mike, we need to work through some things. I need you to tell me in great detail your reaction to CM Punk from start to end. Okay? So walk us through your emotions on how you were feeling before he was getting into the cage, once you saw him walking out to the cage, and then for the 90 seconds he was a UFC fighter. I'm not gonna lie, it was I got kind of nervous at first. Okay, wearing my Kevin Owens shirt. I don't think anybody really noticed. Nobody likes wrestling that was on Team Affliction. People started yelling "Best in the world," so some people got it. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of surreal. So I got nervous, and then I think it became if they were gonna let him do the music or not. Yeah. And then when it hit, it was just super exciting. He was super happy. The smile on his face. He looked real confident. Gave it, you know, that sense of hope. The great white hope. There he is. Now, hold on. I, you you were feeling confident about this once you saw the look. No, never. Nope. See, that's the thing. I'll, I'll fast forward it. All of this, all of it, I don't care that he got beat. I think it's great he got beat. Um, in wrestling sense, he put the other, you know, the... He put the, the other guy under, over. The guy over. Yep. Um, he went out with class, you know what I mean? He, okay, we're, we're jumping ahead because there's... Yeah, no, okay, so I got super excited to get there. Okay, so you got super excited, he walked out. Standing on my chair, standing on my chair with the exes, yelling best in the world, just losing it. Super... <laughs> Yo, just no... God, man, yeah. Nervous is the word for it. Um, It was kind of weird to see him. Okay. In the cage like that, but then... Uh, the whole game plan just fell to shit the minute he rushed him. Yeah, okay. All right, now we're going to get to the fight. But let's talk a little bit about the intro because people were saying, you know, what song are you going to walk out to? I had brought it up. Uh, everybody here said, no, it's not going to be the song. Kevin, 
but I, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I think he's going to make it. I think he's going to do that. And, and the crowd seemed to be behind him. Now, that seemed to speak well about how people were interested in him fighting. God damn it. No. Listen. Was that not a cue? I thought it was. It's not a cue. It's just my ringer. It's just somebody's calling. Murder one of you. It's just my ringer. Way to get out of a lawsuit, Kev. Real smart. For sure, drinking tonight. Silence. When Mickey. was being played. Dana had famously said he wasn't going to allow it, and then all of a sudden, uh, a famous decision was going on here, where he's like, "Oh, fuck that! You can play it." Like, I can't believe this... he changed his mind. By the way, not allowed to talk, Kevin. Still oh, on your sorry. timeout. Sorry, I can believe he changed it because nothing made sense last week. CM Punk was telling people he was thirty pounds overweight. He didn't look it. He didn't look happy that he was making a weight cut. He also told Ariel Hawani he never did a practice cut and that he's never cut weight before. So when he made weight, people were just like, yay. So was he lowering the expectation bars, Mike, or was he fucking with us? And here's the thing. You and I are familiar with CM Punk. He's not opposed to fucking with audiences. Absolutely. He was doing it. It's like when the Patriots say Tom Brady's hurt every week. You know what I mean? They just, it's just for more press. It's for, you know, it's to get him more, more paid attention for more hits to get him more searches. So he's got to stay relevant in the dead time. So there's that. And then you've got CM Punk. He did a Q&A on Facebook Live and was kind of, you know, phoning it in sort of. But he was being I think he hit a strange place. And I'm going to write an article this week on Rafasparza.com. You guys can check that out later this week. But I'm going to write an article called In Defense of CM Punk. And Kev, we're going to invite you back in momentarily. Because we're going to get to the actual fight analysis. But I think there's an important thing to note before we actually get into discussing the terrible amounts of non-MMA and jiu-jitsu that were exhibited by him. I think it's important to note there was no win for CM Punk. And this is why. Because here you have a guy who a year and a half ago says, I'm going to try this out. And you had haters who didn't really care for him and we're going to give him shit no matter what and i think cm punk knew that was going to be part of the deal then you come into the fact that you know they're saying uh, i believe it was uh the fighter and the kid brandon Schaub, was making the case like no you know you're paying for a guy like dana white wasn't paying for a fighter to come into there he was paying for a personality to sell the fight yeah dude for a sport in which people need to be humiliated and humbled here was a guy who literally was saying I'm just going to give it a try. And yet our sport was still mocking him. So even if he was talking shit, the uh, small amount that he was, and he wasn't selling the the fight properly because he hasn't paid his dues. And it was a shame and a travesty that he was getting pushed in front of all these other fucking fighters. There's no win there. And more importantly, I don't care about, Oh, I'm not allowed to, but you have either. You don't care about it, but people do care about it to the point where it's inconsistent. And we'll get to why it's inconsistent in a second. But I want to say this. There was no win for him because nobody expected him to go out there and beat a guy who is so supremely advanced in any logical form or shape. But I think you just did the exact opposite thing I did last week. You started out all sweet and you just went full heel halfway through that rant. But think about it, Mike. Did anybody really expect him to go out there and win? No! Absolutely not! 
I told you Bruce Springsteen needed to play this thing. It's a modern. That's why I like it. I thought I was fine with all of it. It's it's humbling. You know what I mean? It puts. I don't like wrestling being put in its place by any means. But he was given a chance. It took a lot of balls for him out there to go out there and put him out on the spot like that. He was the most famous person in the fucking world for twenty four hours. Like it or not, he got X amount of buys, did Dana good on that. And he went out there and he tried to do something that not a lot of people would be granted the opportunity to do. Can you call Dana tomorrow and he's going to let you fight? There's a lot of levity in that. I don't know if he like, they were like, had a man crush on each other, but he, whatever he did to get his foot in the door, I mean, not anybody can do that, right? I don't, I don't know too much about it. Just anybody can be like, hey, can I fight? And he'd be like, oh, okay. I think the thing that people are are really pissed about is you had somebody who probably needed an amateur record getting a shot on national television to the point where maybe they didn't get a license. Oopie doopy, and then realized way too late. Uh, which, by the way, was some bullshit reasoning that the Ohio State Commission. They're like, we are going to grant this license because he is a, a guy who yeah, I'm I'm a wrestling fan. What the fuck do I know about your licenses? Trained by people who know what they're doing, so therefore, okay, sure. Which all to most people sounds like cash money. We're going to pay you off, Ohio. Shh, your state is garbage, so here's some money. All right, Kev, I need you to talk me through this because before we get to the bad, and there's plenty, is there anything that impressed you about CM Punk's performance? Absolutely. Okay, go on. Got in the cage. <laughs> Looked good. Looked in shape. Made weight. Professional. There you go. You wouldn't at all give him a little bit of credit for at least surviving a rear naked choke attempt for sixty seconds. Oh, for sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, he did do that. He threw off. He threw off a hundred percent more rear Mickey Gall chokes than I thought I would throw off. And uh, I'll also give him credit for, as the numbers suggest really selling the shit out of this card okay we're gonna get to that because i, I want to make sure that people really understand that point so but he gets a lot of credit yeah but the the most important thing i thought enjoyment. that was a really big thing is his wrestling was for shit he came out with his arms hunched over it's not quite the official fighter stance we see from most fighters but we expected that he gets taken down and it goes and like once you see the takedown happen you go well this is fucked he gets put at the right you get Perfect. nervous because, uh, as Joe Rogan said, this is what happens when a brown belt's on a white belt. Absolutely. And, but again, like, did we think he was a better striker than Mickey Gall? Did we think that if and if he was, let's just say let's that'd be awesome. Just but we don't walk know. that one all the way through. We actually have no idea. No, we don't. But I'm pretty sure be. we can make the assumption. But here's the reason why it's important to note that if he was better on the feet and he was able to get in, let's live in a fantasy world. Okay. And he was able to do it. Maybe, just maybe, if I'm someone who has more experience grappling, I'm going to go in for the world's easiest takedown and take it. And that's exactly what Mickey Gall did. And and credit to him. He got him taken down. And one of the things I thought was I said, ah, fuck. You know, I really just wanted CM Punk to get one round. That's all I really wanted. But it didn't happen. But if I could take some positive out of it, it's that that guy was, you know, he was taking real shots he was getting banged up and he was still trying to fight the rear naked choke. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people forget if you're in there and people are punching you and way better at jujitsu than you and they're flattening you out. I thought once they flattened him out the first time, I was like, well, this is this is not good. But CM Punk elevated, you know, himself up a little bit, 
took some shots in between and at least trying to get out of it. So again, this goes back to my overall point of this. There was no way CM Punk could sell the fight right. There was no way that people were going to get the CM Punk that they wanted. Wrestling fans couldn't get the promo CM Punk because he has to be humble doing a new sport. UFC fans did can't get the pleasure. That's, I'm curious. I'm sorry. Did they? I didn't even think about you have, the wrestling fans. Did they think he was a little too quiet? I think they were saying he wasn't doing the pipe bomb CM Punk that we're all known for used to seeing because he's good at doing promos. On the same side, you've got the people on our side of the sport. Even last week, Kevin, we were suggesting, and when I say we, I mean you, that you just felt like he wasn't selling the fight as much. So how are you supposed to sell a fight when you're already a guy who's just coming in out of the blue? That's not what I said. What did you say, Kevin? He's been quiet. No, fuck off. You can fuck off. That's a little different. Uh He's not doing his part to be the man on this card. I just thought he really was showing us non-verbally. What are you supposed to say? If you, there's no line in which you can find. If you're not prepared to be very good in the cage, you'd be quiet. This raises a few more important questions. which Which includes this. Should we see him fight in the UFC? Mike, do you have any want to see him fight again? A little bit. Okay. Do you want to see it in the UFC? I think they should put him on the ultimate fighter. I think they should make make him go through the, the whole thing if he really wants to do it. Okay. Kevin, do you? Absolutely, by the way. I I don't know if that's, uh, I'm in. So, first of all, I, I'm not satisfied. I thought it was great. I think it's a blast to see an athlete cross to go from performative wrestling to real combat fighting. Yeah. He's adaptable. He fought somebody who I think is really good and I know is a really good grappler. Kind of be interested to see him fight someone a little on the undercard side. See where he is. Why not? He's going to sell. T- What's the downside? Okay, so now let's talk about the actual art of sellability because uh, maybe we're jumping a little bit quick here, but we need to. The main reason why it's interesting, you know, do we see him fight again? He didn't really give us anything evidence-wise to show that he really deserved it based on his talent in the ring. Now, granted, did, you know, basically Frank Mir destroy the shit out of Brock Lesnar when he showed up in his first fight? Yep. Did James Tooney basically embarrass himself when he was going up against Randy Couture? Absolutely. These are things that happen. And guess what? They had the same result as CM Punk's zero strikes, zero submissions, zero anything. So you go through all these things and you say, do we want to see him in the UFC? I'm torn on this. And I will be very honest in saying, I think it would be nice just in terms of fan interest and numbers. I don't know that we'd see a different result. And I feel a lot of fans say, you know, our good friend Drew Weatherhead was saying he should feel bad and embarrassed for himself. I don't think so. I think he obviously hates himself, but like he was a respectful guy to our sport and he's not good, but he got people to tune in to the point where people were asking if he was a draw. And I said last week, conservatively, I think he would have improved by 200 pay-per-view buys. I was conservative in my estimate. But I wasn't wrong in the appeal because it's now being reported that he sold somewhere between 500,000 
and 750,000 pay-per-views. Now, to put that in perspective, that puts him somewhere just below Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, and Brock Lesnar in terms of drawing power. How does that make the rest of the UFC fighters feel? And more importantly, should they, in some small regard, be thanking him? Because the last time you had Stipe, when he was winning his title, only 300,000 people were tuning in. Kevin. And, yeah, that's an obvious... I thought Stipe was the big winner of CM, CM Punk's big... I mean, Mickey Gall, Sage North got great call-out. Can't wait to see abs on youth. That'll be fun to watch uh, young people just swing at each other, grappling versus... Some abs on youth, striking. also a uh, young adult novel that Kevin's <laughs> working on. It was very... It was important to me. So, yeah, anyway, I, I'm impressed by the numbers bump legitimately. I didn't realize that's what it was. I did feel like the card was getting more social media buzz, and obviously he was a trending topic on Google News Sunday, so congratulations to CM Punk. It was amazing. Okay, now Stallings, explain to me about this. Explain to me, do you think, and maybe this is representative, but maybe you can explain it, do you think that can be attributed to the pro wrestling fan base? Yeah, I asked you that um, on the show last week, how it would transfer. Is there not a, you can't, magnify that can you uh not initially i can make some guesses well-educated guesses but i i <clears throat> i don't think you can actually prove a lot of it i think we're all in speculation especially since the ufc doesn't actually release their information they kind of get these numbers based on google searches how many people were watching the prelims like they have a weird way that they tabulate and they're not technically wrong a ton of the times but um to put him in the same consideration of all these other fighters who have been around for years kind of circumvents the idea that yeah sure he didn't look great in the ring or the octagon but he drew and that was a big question mark and i'm gonna say this at five hundred thousand dollars it was a fucking steal because they got a six-part series out of it they sold advertisement time there they made this is he what you gonna cut it all I don't know. That's Some a great fighters question. skim off the top, and I always like it when they're a big draw, right? That's how, like, yep. a little bit of the Brock or a little bit of the John Jones. Absolutely. I don't think Dana gave him that. I think Dana wanted to give him a shot and go from there. So I don't sure. think any of that oh, ever hell happened. Hell of a first fight purse. Uriah Faber <laughs> fought on an, a Native American casino. So it makes me think months. of two. It makes me ask you one. Ask you two questions, Raph. Yeah. Whatever happened to that celebrity, what was it, celebrity boxing? Was it on Fox? Yeah, um, it was during Fox's, hey, you'll watch whatever the fuck we put on. Uh, yeah, didn't do well. <clears throat> I think it was Danny Bataducci. Screech. Yeah, all those people were fighting at some point. Uh, here's what I'll say. You know, the nice part is, I, uh, part of me was thinking, there's still a very real possibility that the UFC cuts him and that he goes to Bellator. Or, as other people had predicted, he goes back to WWE. However, there was still that photo of Triple H where he was watching it and had a big smile on his face as CM Punk had a giant cut and was getting treated to. So, I think people had their fun with it and it's fine. But it's it's still a very strange uh, thing to to watch happen in front of your eyes. So, yes, do we know what happens to him? No. 
We do know that he had to give an emotional press conference immediately after it was all said and done. And for 10 minutes, he basically walked in like he had been pulled into the principal's office and took the shit beating that he was owed because all the reporters were like, so it didn't go your way. And he's like, mm-hmm. And they asked him, they're like, well, what else can you say about that? And he was like, I just, he was a better man. And I just, I felt like I let everybody down. And obviously I'm bummed, but I had the time of my life. And people were like, why'd you have the time of your life? He's like, I know it sounds crazy, but I got to live a dream. I got to do something. So yeah, I got the shit kicked out of me, but I'm happy I got the opportunity. And people were like, well, he's still lost. And he's like, I, I know. He was yep. great that's on the mic. Sound, that's, what, After. that's what you sound like right now, Raph. I thought you liked the guy. I love CM Punk. I just I am mad at the collective perspective that is not, and I, this happens in jujitsu as well. That is not welcoming to new people. It's some sort of thing that says you have to pay your dues and you have to go through this process. And even if you do that, you still might not catch the opportunity to be a part of it. Here you had somebody willing to put it on the line and come in and try it out. And yet they were just fucking ridiculed to the point of, all right, well, if you're anybody else, why do you want to do this? If there's very little upside, you got to really want to do it. And hopefully you're young enough, healthy enough, fortunate enough, all of those sorts of things that you might be blessed to get through that sort of a thing. So I just thought it was a very ugly side of it uh, for it. Um, for somebody who, again, I didn't predict to win. I wanted him to do well and maybe show a little bit, and he didn't get to show anything. So that's that's one of the things where I was just like, this sucks, uh, just for that perspective. But he took it in stride. And then at the very end, when he loses and is trying to be motivational, people are like, eh, look at him, stealing lines from Rocky. It's like, I'm going to talk to most people who do sports, and they all steal lines from Rocky. I was going to say, let's not be too picky here. If you're going to steal from a movie, steal from a good one. So anyway... Kevin, <clears throat> having nice. witnessed all of this, yeah. is there a part of you, though, that you feel – I mean, do you feel he was warranted all of that criticism? You're not a pro wrestling fan. I think you could see it from maybe a different side because you weren't necessarily intrigued by him as a fighter but as a personality. Fuck yeah. So where do you stand on all of this? First of all, watched. So did everybody else. I thought it was awesome. I like it when people do the cross stuff, and, you know, I also liked it they got his ass beat. <laughs> I, can I like both? And I think they should let him do it again. Let's see. First of all, I, I still don't – what's the downside? And I do agree with you, and there's a part to this that you're making a very good point on that people hate to admit to. Don't Don't be bullies. Don't don't hate on him just because he doesn't have experience. Sure, he got catapulted. He's in a situation where he gets to be catapulted to the front of the line. He trained. It's not like he walked up and was like, I can do this. He trained. Shut <laughs> up. He trained. He got in the cage, balls, and he didn't get killed. I would call that a major win for your first fight. Count it up. It and not just that, but like I know a lot of people will say that you get fight nerves and there's adrenaline. Yeah, dump. because he didn't do. have that, but look like it. You know, he lost because like he was did. just not as good. But yet he was confident. He had that swagger of like, man, I love the fact that these people are showing me love. That's great. I just find it like it just seems somewhat elitist for us when we are fans of a certain sport that we don't allow other people to come in when you do want it to become bigger. 
So it, it is a give and take. You have to be a little bit willing to say like, well, maybe it's kind of cool that some other sports realize how fucking hard our sport is because we know how tough it can be. And by no means does this mean you can't hate on pro wrestling. You can. Just uh, be nice to see a punk after he got his ass beat. You know, he's got he got enough. He's but good. let's also look at the fact that you had somebody like Conor McGregor. And Mike, I want to get your response to this. Conor McGregor later this week said, yeah, those guys in the WWE are still pussies, like I said, but not CM Punk. Because he knows that it took balls to go out there like that. You know what I mean? Regardless of if he got to show, you know, his skill set, which begs me the question, is that what the miniseries is for? Kind of like a padding to show what he could do because they were scared that he wouldn't, which happened. So... Yeah, Conor McGregor, a lot of the after tweets were about the balls that it took to do something like that on the fucking grandiose stage like that to know that the ridicule is going to come in regardless. I mean, do you guys get hate on your show? I'm sure somebody, <laughs> talks, yeah. I'm sure somebody talks some kind of shit. Anybody's going to talk shit. We live in that kind of day and age in social media where everybody is a fucking critic regardless if they, you know, some people just love that shit. So I mean, he knew he was going to weather that, and that's why he was trying to be positive. Too. And everybody's going to shit on that, too. But I want to bring up the fact that, you, I mean, the caliber of people who are talking shit. Kev, you may have seen the uh, the meme that I put up of uh, CM Punk using an Anaconda device and saying, uh, guys, you're all forgetting he has a submission win over The Undertaker. <laughs> and you had people who were on our social media, on that page, who were like, "You guys, yeah, you guys know it's fake. And we go... Oh no! These are people without sense of humor. Our favorite, the correctors, are our favorite group of people. I always try to leave a little bit. Keep correcting the comedy podcasts, social media, especially the memes. I highly recommend you fact check it, you share it, and you share your opinions about it. Oh, oh, oh! But head over to iTunes, leave five stars, (laughs) five star rating afterwards. Tell us why you hated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> our embellishment of any surrealism in an attempted humor. But it gets better, Kevin. Can't. Not only did they write it there, but then after the fight, there was a slew of people who were waiting to come in and say, see, told you guys he was going to lose. Which is hilarious. That happened? Yep. No way. <clears throat> How long Wait. after what's the average? Oh, I'm talking like time? pretty soon. During? Yeah. Like Second? After the first the meeting? Yep. 3-9-S? No way. We're talking like the fight was over and oh, you felt like the internet keyboard warriors were just like, I'm free, yes! <laughs> Fuck my feelings. I'm going to fucking take you down <laughs> in you. 160 words or less. I told you. Yeah. So it became a very sad moment when I looked down and I couldn't tell how bad I felt for these people when I thought, you know, I was rooting for the guy, but I just kind of feel bad. But at the end of the day, he got $500,000 to go in there for 90 seconds, which breaks down to about 4000 per second, which is better than most people's jobs. So uh, I think he's going to be OK. I, I don't feel that bad for him. Yeah. Anyway, um, Kev, Uriah Faber. So Faber has got to figure something out because this was exactly what we saw last time with someone that doesn't have as good a movement. And 
it was bizarre. Raph, like he just he couldn't engage, and he keeps getting kicked. And by the fifth person that wastes his front leg, you'd think he'd find a different strategy. And it makes me worried he can't find a new strategy. I'm worried. I think we're on the uh, <laughs> tail end of the mountain. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, I think he's just getting involved in fights that kind of get notoriety. Did you? Uh, I mean, he got worked in that fight. Yeah, he it, got beat through up. speed. It and, wasn't close. It was yeah. sad, kind of. Like every time he went in for a takedown, I was like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> that's not great." It was bad. It to be fair, though, fight. Kevin says that with anybody who's like under one fifty-five, it just that's goes, "Oh, you bitty! So Look at you! You're adorable." <laughs> I feel like wow. that's how I would look fighting somebody. Just not <laughs> really engaged. You just be like, come on, boy. No, no. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> come on. yeah it, he just, and no. that's a weird thing. He kept storming at him, raising his fist. That was it. Like, you're right. You got to, next. Like, next thing. It was terrible. It was a terrible fight by him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a guillotine finish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, Kevin, you take this one. Well, got hit in the face. Yeah. Pretty hard, Jessica Andrade. I've heard getting hit in the face makes your submissions less powerful. She hasn't God. heard that. She's no one told her that. Sunk that fucker in for a first round finish. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful guillotine. And those are those are hard to do. So I, I thought it was really cool because correct me if I'm wrong. Could be the drunkenness talking again, Kev. Was it an arm in guillotine? Yes. Okay. And as I was explaining to people drunkenly, I was like, those are very hard to do. She was deep on the neck. Yeah. It was like arm in, but almost triangle like. Like when your hand's above the shoulder, is it arm in? Mm hmm. Okay. I believe so. Yep. <laughs> then, absolutely. It was great. It that was, was great. really awesome. So, I mean, there was some other stuff. Let's just really bring up the only one that mattered uh, Drew Dober knocked out. Some dude. Oh, we're so happy for him. Viciously. I told and you. He, he was consistent with how he was going about it. And I really liked that. You know, it, it, he didn't just rush in too crazy. He was smart. He was calculated. He found a good rhythm. Uh, Kev, before we go Denver's on and, and do the results, let's also talk real quick about that elevator incident. It cost us CB Dalloway. <laughs> And granted, I was looking forward to that fight so much, but uh, my cousin Marty, cousin Marty, thank you very much for sending it my way. Uh, I woke up the next morning. He's like, dude, have you not heard this? And I was like, heard what? And he's like an elevator thing and CB and, and people and Verdum. They were all in there. Verdum it, was in there. I still don't a thousand percent understand why <laughs> Dalloway was unable to perform. I don't know. I mean, you shouldn't kick him. <laughs> he said something about Verdum's mother while they were Absolutely. there. Absolutely. That's just where it started. You know, it's just when you get that trigger response when you're just like, I don't know what to say, so fuck your mom. Oh shit, I'm so sorry. Because he was the elevator. only one in that that actual elevator who who didn't have his fight. So it was just weird. And uh, the one joke I told everybody in the car is I was like, oh shit. And I had everybody look at it at the bachelor party. And they're like, oh fuck. And then at a certain point, I was like, I know the one thing for sure Dana said when he saw that footage was, everybody form a protective layer around fucking Uriah Faber. You know what he said, by the way? My back's a little tight. 
mm. is what he called. Which is <laughs> backs a little tight. That's why I lost to the table. I mean, <laughs> my back's tight right now. I don't know what else to say. It's shitty. That's but... why I lost to the table. Well, my back's always back. tight. That's uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my back's tight. The elevator stuff. Fucking Ohio. Is that yeah. was that what you thought? As soon as I oh, saw, I was like. 100%. Ohio, like Vegas, is elevators work because it's a civilized place. It wasn't even the first time; it happened multiple times. Oh, well, let's get a hotel nearby. Uh, do you want to do the the nicer ones, the the two fifty a night? Fuck that. Do the cheap <laughs> ones. Fuck those guys. CB dollar elevators. When is your hotel choice been based on elevators, though? <laughs> well, the, when they don't kill me, they're usually pretty like, strong. When they I feel work, man. Like an old time, like it's an old basic economics. <laughs> you pay more; they tend to care about things like the elevators. Put them in a super eight in fucking Ohio. This is All what right. happens. So, Mike, before we get to the results again, I'm going to give you the chance to explain your overall feel of watching this UFC. As somebody who doesn't necessarily watch every single one of them. You know, what was your experience? Did you enjoy your time watching it? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I had a good, I had a good time. Uh, There's a lot of downtime. I felt like I was watching football a little bit, <laughs> especially with you guys were saying how weird you thought three out of four matches we discussed were with a lot of the, like you said, Faber was dancing around a lot and there wasn't a lot of engaging. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of start and stop, but it was, yeah, it was good. I was fascinated that I was into it. You know what I mean? I think they could have ridden it a little better. Um, but, you know, it's always, <laughs> you know, it's always something to work on. You guys, you forgot one a big match, too. Please tell us. On the card. You can talk about AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. <laughs> that, I believe, happened at uh, WWE Backlash, which was oh, not shit. a... That is something we'll cover on Heel Section later on. <laughs> I thought. I, like, I didn't it's catch okay. the fight pass fight. Maybe that was... Man, you know what? I apologize profusely, Mike. We should have run with that and made Kevin feel really self-conscious about himself. Like he forgot to watch a fight or something. Being like, man, when he ended with the Styles Clash, Kevin's like, are we naming moves? That's kind of weird. It definitely wouldn't have been hard. I'd been like, God, where is this? I'm not <laughs> Did you guys say his name again so I can Google it? I mean, you keep saying he pinned him, but I, I just... I, hmm. I didn't see any pins. I was mm, watching, I thought. It, thought. Fuck. They thought it. They thought he tapped halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the saddest. X slow-mo. That was not fun. All right. Gentlemen, let's get to re- some results from over under Kevin. Kevin, what was the bet that was put on this week? Uh, you have to really soak in the other one's hobby and you know record a little video. Dedication to the other one. Okay. So that means, Mike, for you, you'd have to watch what? And Kevin would have to watch what? I feel like I should have to like fight my table again at this point. Jesus, couldn't after I watched I would say that on video, especially try to you watch the matches that I send you. Raph, I'm thinking Keaton Gordon. I got plenty. Try to finish, do a finish of one of the matches on my table. (laughs) (laughs) What am I? I hate my brain. What the fuck is going on? Okay, Uh, or I had to watch. That's a good punishment. Oh, Children's Final Deletion. Theater. Oh, absolutely. He has to watch Final Deletion. And... Okay. All right. Well, gentlemen, I have the results for you. 
Mike, what if I were to tell you that you ended up beating Kevin? I don't know if this is bait and switch. I'm kind of worried right now. No, but what if I were to tell you that you beat Kevin? Like right now, what would you say? I'd get real cocky and you'd shatter my dreams. Shit, man. That's awesome. I I really am happy to tell you, Kevin, that you won. (laughs) That's what it's called Smart victory I, poker. I won a poker tournament <laughs> don't today, feel right? bad they lost when they chased that giant <laughs> whale they lost when they chased that giant <sighs> shark and they lose when they chase that giant kevin in over under i've got emphasis on for giant because it is a fat, 30 dollar train ride to get to where my First talent thing. ends you have to call an uber once you get there because parking's hard to find. That's right. Oh, feels good to be back on Mike Stallings, may I ask you to rate Kevin's promo? Yeah, I was about to say, this guy doesn't watch wrestling? No. What? <laughs> Closet, dude, I'm telling you. You did a lot of study this week. I'm proud of you, Kevin. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I love this wow. shit. They do talk amazing shit. And I, te- I did tell Raph right after the fight, I was like, CM was great on the mic. <laughs> It's like really <laughs> impressive. If Overeem was the extreme example for why you should never talk to someone that gets KO'd, CM Punk did great. So jujitsu's for everyone. There it is. Jiu-Jitsu for everybody. All right, Mike. Before we get you out of here, where can people find you? Yeah, we just launched that uh, Real Heel section. That's what we're going with on the Facebook. Yes, sir. Uh, you did it at Heel section. Oh, sorry, um, guys. Sorry, it's just uh, a little <laughs> Hey, Mikey. I might change my Twitter handle. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mikey. <laughs> if anything what? has been accomplished, there it is. With, with a picture of the cheerleaders in that video. Uh, well, that's great. You, they can find you at Twitter at? Real Hill Section. Beautiful. I'm not going to spell it out again. I've got to change everything. i got to pull launches. I'm going to start live tweeting. <laughs> You gotta figure out some premise for some live tweeting. Well, I, I think t- Mikey and I are gonna do a special episode or two coming up. Maybe something that's really cool for you guys. So keep a lookout for that. You can catch it at rafasparza.com backslash heel section. And uh, we've got some stuff I think lined up for you guys that I hope you will like if you are pro wrestling fans. Mikey is one of the nicest people. I'm glad that you came and did this. I'm I couldn't again think of anybody better to watch the CM Punk kind of fight with. It might be our only time ever seeing it happen. If it was, I'm glad that you came through. But uh, if I'm a betting man, though, I still feel we're going to see him in the cage. Just saying. What a weird thing to watch him, like, in, like enjoy watching him get his ass whipped regardless. Like, it's fine with you know, that was It was great. Let's put it this way. Anybody who's ever done combat sports or jiu-jitsu knows that everybody gets beat. But how do you come back from it? So... You know, and if he says that he wants to go live a great life with AJ and his dog Larry, fuck, dude, enjoy that too. Earned it. Earned it indeed. All right. Well, Mike Stallings, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming through. Do you have any departing words to Kevin uh, just in terms of uh, his ability to win a game that he normally doesn't win? Yeah, I feel like that was the first win promo. It kind of really sounded like the excitement in his voice, like he's never done it before. Yeah, yeah, he wrote that one like six years ago and has been waiting. 
I mean, you could tell with the the emphasis on the pauses when he paused it. Yeah, like he didn't sound fluid. No, it was kind it was of a little staccato. It was, it was a not little organic rough. at all. Mm. I feel like over organic. I feel like when I heard you announce my Twitter handle, I was like, oh my god, I need this like radio voice. And Kevin just it was like a, <laughs> this weird in between where you're just like, ooh, like. I feel like watching CM Punk get beat up all over again. It's like, you know, Kevin's the guy on the couch asking, hey, are you guys going to finish that? Right. Mm. The guy on the couch. Stephen Wright. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe you should just go with that. (laughs) I walk into Foot Locker and they just get me the champion of over-under shoes. They don't even ask the size. They They know huge, huge the size. And that's how I get shoes. Talent. Walk in a foot locker and they give you your name tag. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I hit a little part-time hours <laughs> one summer. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for dropping by. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host from Heel Section. You love him. You love him. The good guy. Mike Stallings. Too sweet meat. I'm victorious. Ah, yeah. feels good to be back on top. I wasn't down for long. It's about climbing the mountains, about staying on top of the mountains, about never leaving the mountain raft. Don't plan on doing it this time. Overall, pretty fun card, UFC 203. Weirdest thing to me is still that Travis Brown didn't verbally tap. I feel like he mm-hmm. did. I still mm-hmm. contend that hard. That was a <laughs> tap. <laughs> time out. My fingies. He hit the pi- he hit the piggy that goes to the market. Uh, disgustingly, by the way, his finger was really fucked up. So that's fair. Did look like it hurt. Uh, where are you going to be watching the Florida Flow Grappling Tournament? Please tell me you're not going to Florida for it. You know I worry. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I I guess I will be looking to see how that happens because uh, Gary's fighting. Yes, that's going to be so crazy. It, he's fighting a crocodile while there, by the way. Alligator, excuse me. Wait, shit. Alligator. That's what they have there. 50-50? <laughs> Very possible. That. I saw Kip like be excited about the rule pushing. It's going to go on. Uh, I also saw Jennifer Bloom, the Gary Tonin like the status. She mm-hmm. enjoyed that quite a bit. She's like, oh, Gary, that's what happens. When you listen to Verbal Tap, occasionally, Gary Tonin likes your status. Yes, Gary liked it, her comment, but uh, not the actual video, so fuck you, Gary. <laughs> Asshole. So specific. I hate when people do that. It's like, oh, I didn't see this Happy status. Yeah, fuck him. He knows what he did. <laughs> That's uh, going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. It's time for some shout-outs. All start got to do a photo shoot over at Jubera last week. Had a ton of fun. So shout out to Aaron. Shout out to the little samurais, which are the cutest things in the world. Raph, kids doing real jujitsu exercises is great. And then I'm pretty nervous about mm. ages seven to fourteen at our mm. gym. I do not feel good about some of the technique I saw. <laughs> I'm gonna be in some pain. We are gonna have yeah. problems. It was like, oh, thirty five is gonna be rough. Uh, who am I kidding? 32. Because <laughs> they're going to double in size by the next time I see them. <laughs> so had a blast over there doing some shooting. And shout out to KCBJJ who got to host one Nick Diaz. 
this <laughs> week. Up and comer in the jujitsu world. Great to have him swing by on a Sunday. Yo, did you say me? Hey, Nick, the Kingmaker. You no, made... I'm Nate. You know, uh, you can tell the difference between the two. I, you know, I can't. I, oh, I honestly okay. can't most of the time. Yo, dog, anytime I hear Diaz on this podcast, I know what's going on. It's my weed sensibility, and I know what's going on. You always oh. shit on my weed toking. I'm smoking yeah, Wonder know. Woman tonight. You're just not even respectful of that. Dog, you're not even fucking Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's fucking badass. She got those bracelets and Same invisible thing. jet. You know what the thing is? Wonder Woman appeals to the fucking stoners because only a stoner would get in an invisible jet. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the last of truth. Think about it, dog. Chemtrails. You're deep. Um, as yeah, I am interested about the Captain America. You know what? No, stick with Wonder Woman. And I'm talking about weed. I'm not even talking about the comics. You're so clever. You do this every time. You razz me. You get me out of my element. And the next thing I know, I'm converted to some sort of Nate Diaz religion. What are you that's doing right. next? Are you fighting still? Shit, dog, I'm laying low because apparently the USADA, they like looked at that cannabis oil shit and they were like, nah, dog, we're not going to come after you. And I was like, oh, shit, son, I'm going to get fucking high. Wow. So right now, you know, I'm just like, I'm untouchable, dog. I feel like that's such a statement about the where weed habits are that they didn't fry a Diaz finally for petty bullshit. That's new. Amazing. Well, this has been fun and all, but um, I hate to interrupt your podcast, but, you know, you I'm the most famous thing. person on here, so are, no big deal. That's not wrong. You're very good about it. Thank all you, right, anyway, ladies and champion of Mo the McGregor Diaz, Nate Diaz. That's going to do it for me, Raph. Well, whenever whenever Nate swings by to the end of the shout-outs, I'm always – I mean, I'm done. I can't talk after that. Well, that was impressive. Uh, so here's the thing, guys. Uh, lots of stuff happened this week. I'll go over uh, a few of them. Let's start with Valley Martial Arts Center. Be back. Be back. Guys, I am hearing rumor there is going to be a Blue Belt tournament at VMAC very soon. Once I get the official information, I will definitely be getting back to you guys and letting you know. But right here, right now, on Sneaks, there may be a Blue Belt tournament in the North Hollywood region here in SoCal. So just letting you guys know that. Okay. All right. I want to say shout outs to everybody I was training with this week. Uh, Jules Telfa is actually filling in for Marcelo, who unfortunately uh, had to get some uh, like uh, surgery. And uh, while he recovers, we want to wish him the best. But Marcelo, I know if you are listening to this, I know you should be oh, really happy in knowing that uh, Jules is crushing it right now. So we are so glad to have him fill in while we are waiting for you to get back. We hope you're healthy. And to Jules, dude, if you're listening to this, dog, your shit is so cool. I am so glad that you're coming through. It's nice to get these people from Jean Jacques. Uh, great family, great everything. So I'm, I'm so happy he's coming through and giving us some great techniques. All right, let's go there. Let's also talk about our friends at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Guys, they are killing it right now. Eric Darsnight, Medina is crushing and uh, Joey House is also I mean he's crushing but like in a less way he was wearing a fanny pack over this weekend so I can't give him too much credit and he was rocking it nice hips. he was um, but <laughs> I will have to tell you Kev uh, <laughs> Andrew Rom gave him a special new thing to play with today and uh, I was rolling with Joey 
and he caught me and I was like, what was that? He was like, oh, he goes, oh man, Andrew Rom gave that to me. He showed it to me at EBI and I was like, that fucker is already fucking with me. <laughs> he's really infiltrating your life as you think about it. Like, I don't need any part of that. Trading people that you keep rolling with. And the best part is it was a great escape that I used to be able to get out of. And I was like, well, I don't know that I can get out of that anymore. So Thanks, we had a great learning. Andrew. Well, the best part is I made a face. I mean, you guys know that face when you, you're about to catch somebody. And I tend to be fairly animated if I'm going to get out of stuff because I think it's funnier to be that way. Um, but when I saw that he was transitioning to something, I made like a cartoon what? like look on my face. And uh, it was good times. Anyway. So to Andrew Rom, stop being so good at jujitsu. I want to thank everybody at EBI, uh, Blanca, Eddie, uh, all of the guys we interviewed, all of the people behind the scenes who made it very seamless for us to go through this time. Last time we didn't get to interview people. This time we were back around, and it was so nice to be able to catch up with everybody because we had a lot to say. And uh, you know, I can't thank the Danaher Death Squad enough. They are always game for doing really funny and nonsensical shit. I want to thank the Hayden brothers because they are uh, quickly not only just some of the nicest guys, but I mean, they're killers, but it's so cool when you get backstage and you're just shooting the shit and you look at them and you go, I wish you guys weren't in Florida, but whenever you come out here, you know, you're amongst friends and family. So if you guys aren't following them on Instagram and social media, get on it right now. Cause they are good, good people. So um, it tells me you're going to see Josh fighting some big names. Soon. You might be, you might be, if I was watching and I were a fight promoter, that's what I'd be doing. This is my, crazy sense of all right let's do what else Uh, i also want to thank everybody who uh from the bachelor party this weekend it was so great seeing everybody a lot of people i grew up with since uh, god 30 years ago anybody get Uh, lost they got found at some point no i think perfect yeah so uh anyway all that stuff uh but i really want to give credit to uh, you know, uh, all my good friends, uh, but let's signal out Fabian, uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner, Sergio, jiu-jitsu practitioner, and uh, Mark Hibbard, another jiu-jitsu practitioner. I'm so glad they're, they're killing it in there. They're doing it. And uh, we were talking jiu-jitsu the whole time and watching the fights with them was so much fun. And getting drunk, obviously, always fun. But um, let's give a biggest shout-out to my good friend, Brian Bond. So happy for that guy to get, get married. He's good people beautiful wife they're the nicest people in the world so i'm looking forward to their wedding next month and uh before we go i just want to say a real quick thing again a big shout out to our friends at cxf that is the california extreme fighting uh they did a great uh, not seminar but a great thing that was going on for marcus's family um they gave uh, proceeds from the fights our good friend dimitri uh Gerisimov won his first big title i think i don't know he might have won other titles but he won a title this weekend in liam's memory everybody was saying nice things i brought out marcus it was a beautiful moment i got to see that so to uh jonathan king and all the great people who helped put that on together i i couldn't feel better coming home and seeing those videos uh they had a memorial from liam on uh monday but what was so nice kevin i alluded to this earlier when we were doing our fight discussions was that Everybody in the fight community was saying nice things. You had Alexander Gustafsson chiming in. You had Anderson Silva doing a video for Liam yesterday. And more importantly, they also had uh, Fabricio Verdum shouted Liam out in uh, his post fight. I mean, after he, like, you know, absolutely Sparta kicked, uh, you know, we had to check him, uh, Edmund. But <laughs> one thing washes out the other. 
I will say it was very nice to see that. If you guys want to find out more about Liam and how you can help uh, continuing on with uh, his life and his legacy, go to Liam's Life. It is a new nonprofit organization designed to honor his memory and take care of those kids and uh, encourage safe driving. So I highly encourage you to go do that. And uh, again, Marcus is such great people. Can't say enough good stuff. There's also going to be a seminar going on at Systems Training Center in Sino this Saturday. So if you guys can make that as well, all the donations are going to go to Marcus. I believe it's $65. So it's Systems Training Center in Encino. And if you're looking for a different seminar over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, Ruben Rivera is going to be doing some great seminar work over there. I believe it's $30 if you pre-register, $35 at the door. I was hearing some good stuff, and I'll tell you this much. A couple of the guys, both uh, Joey and Eric, were trying out some of the techniques on me that they re- had learned from Ruben over the weekend. Pretty pretty effective. So just saying. Uh, that's if you guys are looking for seminars. Obviously, we want to support all of our friends. So go out, support them. And again, great stuff. Always impassioned and uh, feel great to see. Uh, good stuff from Marcus and Michelle, who had some great, lovely notes in uh, their son's service. Uh, so we're sending our love and our thoughts. And I believe, sir, that will do it for me. That's going to do it for us here tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. 